Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling Podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob Staten and as usual, I'm joined by JJ Armstrong. JJ, how the devil are you? Fantastic. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, January's over. The January transfer window is shut, so we can stop speculating. I know it was an exciting month, but we're into February now. Jacob, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Thank you. Bit of a change of venue for me. I'm back in the house now. Girls are sharing the bedroom. Um, <laughs> that makes it sound me. like you've uh, you've had your marching orders. <laughs> <laughs> I've got me worm rub scrubs uniform jumper on. Um, no, I'm I'm top of the shop, mate. Thank you. Top of the shop. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So we're going to jump two-footed tackle into the Arsenal game, which was Tuesday night. Um, so the starting 11, Nuno started with three changes from the side that drew with Bristol. Uh, Toffolo, Morgan's White and Williams all brought back in. Uh, Mangala retaining his place despite his links with a possible move, which obviously came true. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Yates and Hudson-Odoi dropped. A, we'll, come, well, we'll talk about that in a second uh, with Tavares oh. ineligible, obviously, because he plays for Arsenal. Felipe, Alanga, Awunyi all back from injury and on the bench. Um, I think the thing that stands out most for me in all of that, because there's, there's quite a bit of business in that, isn't there, really? But I think the thing that stands out most for me is Ryan Yates being dropped. I thought he was a 100% nailed on first name on the team sheet for this game. Yeah, I was very surprised not to see Yates start. Uh, he's exactly the type of player you want in this circumstance, I think. And Mangala, at the time, you know, rumoured to be moving onwards and subsequently, as we'll discuss later, has been moved onwards. So thought it was a very interesting one that Yates didn't start this game. And I think if there was anybody that he could have replaced, I possibly would have swapped him for Danilo, mm. uh, who's had a few, you know, moments of promise, but still not quite been there consistently this season. Uh, but I thought Yates would have been good, but I think largely happy with the start in 11. Williams on the wing was very interesting. Uh, quite damning to Hudson-Odoi, I'd say, that, you know, a, a fullback got the shout over him. I guess you could argue that it's to double up defensively on that side. He did make a cameo against Bristol on the wing and I thought he looked quite promising. So I think he was probably our best player. Yeah. He only came on the second half, he was probably our best player. Yeah, I thought he had a great game. Uh, but interesting to see him put there from the start. I think maybe questions need to be asked of whether that's just his position. Uh, maybe he needs to drop the fullback gimmick and just push up a bit. Uh he, he's a very good player um, but uh, yeah interested and the, the, obviously the major positive going into this is that we had the return of Felipe, Alanga and Tyro on the bench Jacob I posed to you this question if they are available to play minutes should we have started with Alanga and Tyro and gone for it from the start well we'll come on to discuss the first half in a second but after that first half my answer would be no if you're asking me pre-game, I think you know what I probably. I think it's still say no. I think it's still say no. I don't want to risk any further injury. I think I'd rather get uh, a nice concentrated performance out of them with kind of 20, 30 minutes rather than fifty-five, sixty, and and stretch the legs and risk injury again. But I think particularly after after what happened in the first half, I think it was a, a the right decision. Interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that. Nuno was a bit more proactive in that he wanted to go for the throw uh, is what it looked like for the from the games we've seen of him thus far. 
but this is a much more conservative, low block type of game. But I guess Arsenal are quite a good side, whether we like to believe it or not. They are good. So this was an effective way to combat them. And I think we'll go on to discuss the first half now, but is effective the right word for that first half? Yeah, I think very effective. I think, you know, they, I'm reading here, they had 81% possession in the first half. That meant absolutely niche, in my opinion. Um, I thought we were very good defensively. I thought we were very solid, very organised. Um, Arsenal were always trying to do the classic. They always try and walk it in. Just, they looked extremely ineffective, extremely ineffective. Um, and I was I was very pleased going into halftime. Yeah, I think it was the first half was incredibly dull to watch. Oh, yeah. And as frustrating as it was for us to watch, imagine how frustrating it would be to be on the other side as an Arsenal player. So I think that's where we got it right. Um, the first half stats were that Arsenal had 81% of possession, but they didn't do much with it, um, which says a lot. And I think they looked to me like a team that were quite overworked and overcoached like they just tried too hard which they were ineffective we were effective didn't look pretty and I'm sure there'll be many people uh, complaining about the lack of anything really from us other than just absorbing it and soaking it up but sometimes you've just got to do that and we did do it and did do it quite well and I think whilst we struggled to get any real foothold in the game and spring much forward you could tell there were moments where with the right personnel on, if it's still nil-nil at 60, 70 minutes, bring the the pace merchants on and maybe we can get at them when they're going to go gung-ho for it. So at half-time, I felt whilst this is dull, I think we're on something here and I think there's a chance, unless we gift them something completely avoidable, there's a chance that we can get something from this game. <laughs> Absolutely. And then at half-time... He makes a substitution. I probably wouldn't have expected a half-time, if I'm being honest. But he brings the returning Tywa one year on for Chris Wood. Now, Bosh, before hey, I'm going to stop you there. It's a great segue, Jacob. Uh, speaking of Tywa one year, our sponsors at Football Prizes have a Tywa one year signed shirt up for grabs, which you can enter in the description now. Sorry for interrupting you, Jacob, but this prize is mint. So uh, I thought I would may as well put it on screen. But uh, there you go. Links in the description, footballprizes.co.uk for those that are listening. It's a great prize and they are very generous sponsors. So all the best to you if you're entering it and try and continue this streak of winners from the Miss Rolling In podcast. That's a business. Right here, wouldn't it? it would look good. You're not allowed to enter, Jacob. <laughs> We're not allowed to enter, good. as JJ well knows. <laughs> um, so yeah, the second half starts and... Arsenal break the deadlock, don't they? Or more, more importantly, Gabriel Jesus does. Um, there's a bit of scrappy play down the right-hand side. Neko Williams has the ball. I personally, I think it was a foul on Neko Williams, if I'm being honest. Um, there's a bit of a coming together. Do I? It's, it's a normal one. It's like, it's like when goalkeepers get tackled or fouled or go anywhere near a defend, uh, an attacking player and they go down. It's like, do I think it's a foul? Probably not really. Is it given every other time? Yes. Um, they take a throw in quickly. Gabriel Jesus com- comes down the line and puts it straight through. Matt Turner's legs and into the back of the net. It should never have gone in. It's a, yet another mistake that's cost us a goal from Matt Turner. Um, and I am completely tits off of him. I can't put it any other way. Is that tizzed off or tits off? 
Tit stuff. Right, okay. Just wanted to clarify. Um, I don't think it was a foul, but regardless of whether it is or not, I think we shouldn't really be switching off at can, that point. Can you see my point, though, about... Oh, yeah, I can see why it would be given. Yeah. Um, but if you... With the beauty of hindsight and looking back on it, I don't think it was, but at the time, I did think it was. Um, but still, be alert to the situation. You've got to react dynamically to what's going on. The, the free kick wasn't given, so obviously... You sit on the floor as much as you want, but the players around Nico need to react, and we didn't. And I think it's probably a bit harsh to criticise him too much for not reacting dynamically to that situation because, well, it shouldn't really go in from that angle. Um, looking at it back, Jacob, I think you mentioned that it should possibly have gone down as an own goal because from some of the angles, it looks like the ball wasn't actually going in. No, yeah, but absolutely. It is leg and did go in, so... Uh, yeah, another Turner disaster class, and every Forest fan is bored of listening and hearing about the errors that are costing us vital points. And I thought that we'd set up well to be effective enough that if we remained in the game, we could probably get something from this. Mm. People say we almost start a goal down because the inevitable howler from Turner is going to cost us, and that's what it felt like here. Um, yeah because we'll go on to talk about the end of the game, but there's definitely a chance for this to work. So very frustrating. And now the January transfer window is done, which again, we're going to talk about later in the episode, but I just hope we can put this behind us and just not speak either about Matt Turner again, but just not speak about um, goalkeeper error. I hope the person that's come in just is fine. I just want someone to be okay. <laughs> not have to talk about it. Maybe the one, the odd one every few weeks will be fine for me. Not one every game, or at least one every game. So beyond frustrating, I just, you know, you sit there and you just think, oh, it was all going so well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an odd, it's not an odd one, is it? Like he, every other game, he gives an opposition team a goal. And then the game in between, he gives them a chance to score a goal. It's just, it's gone as far as it needs to go now, hasn't it? And I, I know you're not a huge Vlacadimos fan. I'm not particularly, but I'd always play him because at least he doesn't give them that. Well, no one, no one's a fan of either. Uh, I, if you ask me every time who's the lesser of two evils, I will pick Vlacadimos over Turner every time. There is a good keeper in Vlacadimos based on his save percentages for Benfica. He was just okay which is fine, mm -hmm. and we only need someone to be okay, but for whatever reason, he feels cursed at this club. I Yeah, I mean, that, that save percentage stat, that thing doesn't take into account bangers, though, does it? You know, that That's for Forrest, but I mean, he was adequate for Benfica. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So there is a good keeper in there somewhere. It just hasn't happened. And now we find ourselves stockpiling more and more keepers. Uh, it's just, I think... We'll go on to discuss the January transfer window and the incoming keeper in more depth, but it just feels like an area of recruitment that we've let ourselves down on. So I just, yeah, I, I can't be bothered to talk about Turner anymore, unfortunately. Well, on from Turner, on to Gonzalo Montiel, who, um, despite being told to calm down by Morgan Gibbs-White, uh, smashes a pass straight on the ground back to Arsenal, who I think it's one or two passes, the ball's across the pitch to Bukayo Saka, and he just, uh, <laughs> you don't want to talk about Matt Turner. I think it's an extremely savable shot. Um, 
he does his very best to push it into the far corner of the net, making it look better than it was. But I think it's very savable and it's 2-0 and, you know, theoretically game over, isn't it? I believe the term is you play with feathers, you get your bum tickled, Jacob, and you make mistakes in this league and you get punished. And that is exactly what happens. Um, unfortunate, because up until that moment, get some composure back, Jacob. Come on, you're fine. You can't um, make Max and Paddy jokes and expect me to have composure, mate. Come on. I, I censored it slightly, so more fit for purpose. <laughs> but I thought up until that moment, Montiel was having quite a good game. He was heading away everything. It was fine. He was doing well. And he just let himself down there. And he has been prone to one a few errors so far for Forrest. So, yeah, it is what it is. I think it is slightly savable. Uh, maybe not for Matt Turner, but... 2-0 down, that's it, game over. And I think that that two-goal lead, I thought, we're not coming back from this. No, and then, in, you know, in the interim, Anthony Alanga makes his return, which is <laughs> which is really good to see. Sorry, <laughs> Jacob, Jacob sent me something in the private chat here, which is not safe for work, but it's, it's thrown me. I need to retain some composure myself. <laughs> Max and Paddy wouldn't, uh, If you want to uh, guess the Max and Paddy quote that he's written, Put it in the comments. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Anthony Alanga came back, which is great news. Um, a man whose stats are way more impressive than his performances, in my opinion, but that's all that matters, isn't Oof. it? Meow. Oof. Um, and then we managed to claw a goal back, and Tywo does what Tywo does best, and that is somehow end up in front of the goal with the ball at his feet and smashes something into the back of the net. He is a poacher first class um, he's the kind of player I think Arsenal would thrive with. Um, but yeah, and then it's back on and we, we make a really strong push for the last 10 minutes of the game and into injury time. Um, it's the kind of push that we didn't do. I'm trying to remember the games, JJ. Um, was it Bournemouth at home? Those 10 minutes added on time, we didn't really Brentford, push to be. The last, and Brentford. The last 10 minutes of Brentford was woeful. Yeah. Whereas this time, I felt that you know we were we were trying to force the issue and get a goal and, and probably deserved one. So that was that was a real positive for me towards the end of the game that we we could have you know a slice one slice of good fortune we could have ended up with a point there in a game that we definitely didn't deserve any. Well, yeah. We, I mean, there was a, a I don't know if it, you could class it as a good save, but there was a save from another Taiwo effort from yeah. Raya. Um, I just love Taiwo, and he, mm-hmm. this brief cameo was enough to just remind you how why we love him, because he's chaos, and his goal was beautifully taken, but he made it look like it was an an accident. He's got this habit of making brilliant finishers look clumsy. Um, I, I love the guy, and this was him at his rustiest. I think. I think yeah. he would apparently couldn't carry on. I think he was. He has played a lot of minutes lately, so that's why the change was a he bit did enforced. Do, he did do a lot of chasing down at the start he of did, the, in yes. the first half, didn't he? A lot of chasing yeah, down. A so. lot of work to do for him. So, uh, I guess Taiwo wasn't probably ready to do a full 45, but if this is him at his rustiest uh, coming back into the game, then can't wait to get him fully fit and firing again because he's going to be very important to us if he can stay fit. Less concerned if he can't because I think Chris Woods has proven himself really well in his absence. But yeah, a fit Taiwo changes the game. I, I'd love to see them both. I'd love to see them both. Really, really would. Yeah. I think they're different enough to be effective. 
Um, they both work both work really hard. Um, they're both in in well, Tyro's obviously been injured, but he's in form before and he's already back in form. Woods in great form. I'd love to love to see a, some kind of formation that makes them both work. Yeah, even if it's the last, you know, throw the dice and we're under the caution, only one of them started, just chuck them both on and let's see what happens, I think. Yeah, but uh, there's no plan there, is there, with that? It's just get the ball forward, isn't it? I, I'd like to see it from the start. I'd like to see, because obviously Nuno at Wolves played a, a, some kind of 3-4-3 or 3-5-2, or didn't he? I'd love to see love to see him mix it up a bit because he's been quite strict with the 4-2-3-1, hasn't he, so far? Yeah. Um, yeah, but alas, it didn't work in this game. Uh, 2-1, which you said we didn't deserve anything, but I think had it not I, been... I, I, mean, that, I meant towards the end of the game, from being 2-0 down to two mistakes, yeah. that's what I mean. I, I don't mean like yeah. the first half, we were very effective, set up right, 0-0, we deserve to go 0-0. Um, just, yeah. just, you make two mistakes at home. Which files under the category, Jacob. Go on, say it. Uh, avoidable goals. There you go. Bingo. Every week, we're not going to say this as of next week's episode because the new keeper is going to be brilliant. We need a uh, day, day since an avoidable goal, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> it will always be at zero. It will um, always be at zero. Yeah, um, I mean, I think we could have got something from it. Failing for that. I, I, should have. Should have. Unfortunate. Should have, should have yes. Uh, yeah. Just beyond frustrating, but... We go again, as they say, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, last thing I want to say about the game, because it was equal parts dull and heartbreaking, was it's a positive performance in that that we're saying we should have got a result from the performance. You know, you look at even the games that were were losing under Nuno. Bournemouth, it's fair to say we were cheated by a referee, refereeing decision. We still had a spirited performance. Um, JJ is going to remind Brentford. Espirited. Espirito Performento. Brentford was the same. Um, cheated by a, a convicted cheat. Um, uh, wow. And then this game. Um, the only ones that have been uninspiring are the League Cup game, the FA Cup games against the league opposition because yeah. he plays like he tries to play them like we're playing Man United. Yeah, when we go to discuss Bournemouth, uh, we'll look at the tail of the tape, and it it's it, in terms of the Premier League last five games, it's not looking too bleak. It's looking a little bit bleak, but not terrible. There's still two fat dubs within there, as the kids say. But when it's hard to remember that when you factor in the recent FA Cup games that have just felt a little bit painful so yeah maybe it's not all doom and gloom Jacob no it's not all doom and gloom and that's going to bring us on to the January <laughs> transfer window <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah so incoming we had Gio Reyna on loan from Dortmund there is no uh, permanent signing fee in there there's no clause in there that we can activate he also signed an extension to his contract with Dortmund as well so that looks very much like a loan um, we signed Matt Seltz from Strasbourg he was at Newcastle six years ago as a reserve keeper can't wait to see what he can do um, and Rodrigo Ribeiro who despite my crippling football manager addiction I have never heard of um, but yeah I can't wait to to see what they all can do. I think the most exciting one is clearly Gio Reyna, isn't it? Um, 
nice to try and wedge him into the team somewhere. Um, I imagine he's probably going to play mostly on the wing, if I'm being honest. Unle- unless this is unless his signing is the kind of Nuno's going to swap to some kind of three-five-two and have two attacking midfielders or something like that. I, I don't know. It's it's just it's a, it's an interesting one to see how he's going to shoehorn him in because I imagine he's going to want to play most minutes, if not all minutes. Yeah, I think it's a bit of an experiment this one because he's got a lot of potential. Uh, he's both put in some good performance for Dortmund and been frustrating for Dortmund. So could go either way, but I think the potential, the fresh start could be what we need and what he needs, which works for both parties. So interested to see. I can't really comment on him because I've not seen him that much. Um, I just hope it works out. I guess it's not really that much of a gamble because if it doesn't, he's back at his club. The fact that Dortmund extended his contract's probably a good sign because it means yeah. they see that there's potential in him uh, to not just want to get rid. So, yeah, hopefully... All I know of him is obviously the, the scandal that took place with the US men's national team, which sours your opinion of him slightly because it makes him come across as a bit of a a baby, but I'm sure that's not the case. Um, hopefully. I've also heard that was more of a fallout of the families as well. Yeah, once families and best friends get involved, it's all a bit weird, if you ask me. The whole mm-hmm. story is odd. Um, but I guess to what element is he just mixed up in that and just paints a little bit of a bad picture in his name? So, yeah. sit. Let's see what happens. That's all I can really do, I guess, for all of these because the other two are very unknown. Uh, Matt Sells has come in as a replacement for Turner. We were linked with a lot of goalkeepers. Jacob, I think you've got the list somewhere of who we were linked to. I have got the list. Here we go. And this list is is not good reading for me, as in I'm disappointed with what we ended up with. But apparently we tried four, and this is included, but I imagine not limited to, David De Gea, Aaron Ramsdale, Kelleher from Liverpool, Rui Silva. I'm not going to guess where he's at, JJ. He's going to tell me. I don't know. Real Betis? I'm yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Sam Johnston from Palace, who obviously um, Dean Henderson's just ha- ousted him, hasn't he? Uh, Jack Butland from Rangers, who appears to be back in form and playing first team football, and Cohen Castiles as well from Wolfsburg. And where would you rank Matt Sells if you had to put him in that list? Where would he place on how much you want him? Uh, absolute last, rock bottom. Rock bottom. Yeah. I think if I think if I'm being honest, clearly I'd like David De Gea, but I think you'd probably want the kind of 150 grand a week when he's something like that. Sam Johnston would have been great. Butland, that would have been the fee. The fee for Johnston was high. It was like 15 million, and I think he is. You know, he is very yeah, good though, for that. He, he is good. I, I'm not sure. I think uh, it's a lot of money, and I guess Wouldn't mind a Kelleher. Relegation rival. Kelleher would be great. Ramsdale would only ever be short short term, wouldn't it? There'd be any chance of permanent there. Rui Silva, I've never seen him play, but I imagine he's decent if he's at Real Betis. Um, Jack Butland, if he's in form, he's in form. He, remember when he was very young and he went to Stoke, he was exceptional. Cohen Castiles, I've only ever heard good things. Yeah, it just yeah, it's just an uninspired signing, in my opinion, Matt Sells, and I. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's the second coming of Peter Shilton, the player, and not Peter Shilton, the person. But um... 
controversial. But yes, I hope There's he's... There's controversial about that, mate. <laughs> I, I uh, don't know. So I'm assuming there's some some bigger story to this, which Jake will tell me after sure, the podcast. Go, go on Peter Shilton's Twitter and just scroll through it for 15 seconds. You'll agree with me. Oh, dear. Um, oh, dear. Um, oh, dear. I hope he's brilliant, but I can't comment on him because I haven't seen him. But from what I've read and seen, stats-wise and clips-wise, it... Dare I say, he looks a little bit Turner-ish. But apparently Nuno wants him. I don't wanted him. I don't know if I'd buy that at all. Apparently he was like Nuno's number one choice, which he can't be when... Which is exactly what the marketing department would say about anyone that you sign. The first choice after the 15 that you've just mentioned there. (laughs) Um, I just, I don't get it. And now we're stockpiling keepers. Obviously Horvath went... But we've got Sells, Turner, Vlacadimos, and Hennessy. Shall I would we? say, yeah, well, I guess he's more youth. But I'd say only two of them can get in the squad on a match day. But that's not true because there's two on the bench against Arsenal for some reason. Um, so there's going to be an unhappy goalkeeper somewhere unless we put all four of them on the bench. Uh, maybe all four of them on the pitch in, in goal might actually help us not concede as many. Um, they'd, they'd find a way, mate. They would. But I just think it's a very odd one. It doesn't feel first choice to me. He will be our new number one, so I hope he's right. hope he's the right fit. Giving him a three-year deal when potentially this feels like a short-term solution, like is he going to be number one next season? I'm not sure. So it all feels a bit weird. I just hope he's okay. That's all I need him to be. If he's better than okay, brilliant. But I just hope he's adequate enough to help keep us up because at the rate of Matt Turner and Black Demos, they were looking to cost us any potential of staying up. Uh, and the good news is with this new keeper, we can start training again uh, because unfortunately, when they started training with Turner, he kept kicking the balls off the field. So we'll... Um, We'll actually be able to train again. So, good. Good news. I hope he's right. I hope everybody on Twitter is wrong. Promising signs that the Strasbourg Twitter fans had a little bit of a meltdown when he's left and said how good he was. Hope they're right. Uh, Eye test, for me, he hasn't passed. Uh, Stats-wise, his percentile is quite low in comparison to a certain Mr. Samba. So, he is playing for a rubbish team, though. He is playing for uh, yeah, Forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is. He's, but he yeah. managed by Patrick Vieira, hasn't he? That's who's. Oh, is he? I didn't know who. That's mm. who he managed now. Um, mm. Yeah, I just we needed to get this right, and at, from from this point onwards, it you know looks like it might not have been the right choice. But here we haven't seen him play yet, so let's find out. We were wrong about Serge Aurier. Ryan Yates, Chris Woods. So I um, certainly hope we're wrong about this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And once again, I, I hope he's the physical embodiment of Peter Shilton. I'm really intrigued to find out what this is now. But anyway. <laughs> uh, um, so we also. Is, there, is, is it an Alan Hardy situation where he's got his thing out in Bath or something? Anyway, so we'll more, talk about so this a little bit more out of right field than that. Okay, um, Rodrigo so Ribeiro's also... coming. <laughs> <laughs> we know nothing about him because nobody does. It's come from yes. Sporting Lisbon. 
Um, we also looked at Chubarak, Kapom, and Carlos Borges or Forbes, which everyone wants to know be known by from Ajax. Um, but neither of those, but, but both are. I think, I, I think I've read that uh, then manager, I don't know who it is, um, decided to keep Borges and Akpom just fell through at the last minute, didn't it? I was quite relieved about the Akpom thing falling through and just didn't get it. I didn't feel like it was necessary. Uh, as always, if he came in, I would have welcomed him, even though I've just made it sound like I hate cells. I don't, for the record. I hope he is good. Uh, but I'd have welcomed him, but I still just think it's like they get a little bit bored and think, oh, it's a few hours left, should we just get anyone? What's Mitchie Batshuayi saying? Let's get him on the phone. So it's it feels it felt unnecessary. Fairly relieved when it fell through, which I guess is a sign that it wasn't for me. Um, this Ribeiro, don't know anything about him. So has he got a role to play this season? Is he for the youth team or one for the future? There's an option to buy at the end of his loan. It's I don't know. It's I think we needed a, a stable and sensible transfer window in terms of incomings. And I don't know if you've already read out the people going out Jacob no I can do that in a second my mate yeah you do that you're going to read that so if you talk about the balance of it I guess it's maybe what we needed but you read the loans out and outgoings and then we'll rate the transfer window out of 10 yep so on a permanent Gustavo Scarpa has gone back to Brazil he was obviously already on loan at Olympiacos as well Uh, Ethan Horvath has gone to Cardiff City on a permanent and Serge Aurier was announced today as a Galatasaray player on loan, uh, Emmanuel Dennis has gone to Watford. Scott McKenna is living life large in Denmark at FC Copenhagen. Jonathan Panzo, I do not know, JJ. Do you? Standard Liège, maybe. Let's have a look. Jonathan Panzo is at Standard Liège. Very nice. Uh, Alex Michael has gone to Vale Park to play for Port Vale. Brandon Aguilera has gone to Blackburn, correct? Nope. Nope. Try again. Rovers? Bristol Rovers. Brist- Bristol Rovers? That far yeah, that's, a, that's a good coup for them. Are they in League One? League One, League one. That Joey Barton, they won 7 0 or something, didn't they? Um Oro Mangala. This is the this is the this is the real, real stinker of the window for me. The Oro Mangala has gone on, on loan to Olympic Lyon in France. Uh it's 10 mil up front and a, and a guaranteed 20 million permanent no option to buy. So, uh, like, I guess, yes, that was my reaction too. I guess the worst thing that could happen is we get 10 million for our player and he comes back into the squad. Uh, the best thing could be that we get 30 million for him. I guess the worst, worst thing that could happen is we give our best player up um, for the sake of the 10 million who could have made an impact and we go down and then they decide not to take him anyway. So, Weird business for me. Very, very weird business. Well, he's one of the ones where I thought that if we managed to get, if we got 30 million for him straight out, I'm not particularly happy about it, but... You'd swallow it for a guaranteed 30 million, I think. I think I would. I think I would. The longer this whole thing has gone on, the more I can't help but feel that we've got rid of our best performer this season. Uh, for a loan for ten million, I, I just—it's not like it's—it's it's not like it's enabled us to bring in great quality. We've got the fifteenth choice goalkeeper that we eyed up. We've got Christian Pulisic's mini me. 
and uh, a Portuguese kid that nobody's ever heard of, you know, and I'm glass half full and we've lost our best midfielder. That's it's just, and I know we have to balance the books and I'm, and I'm, I'm perfectly happy if that's what's happened, but you know, a loan of 10 million plus a possible 20 isn't 30 million cash that we can reinvest or save us from another possible breach. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's, that, I mean, I'm sure you'll do very well out there and I'm sure the option will be triggered. No problem. But I just think maybe see if the interest sparks back up in the summer, keep them for the rest of the season rather than giving them the option. It just feels bizarre to me uh, to get rid of him. I have I have wondered if there's been extenuating circumstances, you know, like he needs to move closer to home because obviously he's, he's Belgian, isn't he? I think my French geography isn't the best, but I think Lyon is towards that part of France that's near Belgium. No, not really. I'll shut up. But it, you know, good point, Jacob. He is. He's actually way further away from Belgium right now. <laughs> so <I> just. Uh, <laughs> Ruby oh, didn't like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, Tavares just comes galloping through. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, no. Tavares is at the door. She's fuming. <laughs> All right, we'll save you. Um, yeah. Allegedly, so, yeah, apologies. Apologies for my uh, French geography, everyone. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I want you know he may have family that way. He may, I think I've seen a video of him speaking French. So, speaking um, of your French geography, Jacob, tell me where Lons is on the map. The, the team. Uh, Lons, because there's a certain person. I'm looking at the map right now, but it's not. On, oh yeah, don't don't don't. There's a what did I say? That, that I would have taken. I sent you a message, didn't I, Joshua? I sent you a message saying there's only one keeper we should be signing from France. Yes, who uh, I was listening to the Forest All Over podcast earlier and they went through his stats and he was in the 99th percent percentile last season in the league, oh, making him so, the best. So Lons is next to Belgium. Oh, there you go. They could have done a little swap. This is oh, the content you need on a Forest this is, podcast. This is what you need, geography. Yeah. Any geography questions, you send them yeah, into us. That uh, Rodrigo Ribeiro, he came from Portugal. That is next to Spain. Right. I'm glad we're clarifying yeah. these things. Finger on the pulse, mate. Yes. Um, okay. I think, <laughs> right, rating, transfer window rating out of 10. Give me it. Three. A very Do you really three. mean that? Yeah. yeah. What What is there to change my mind? We lost our best midfielder. Um, I, we got rid of some Deadwood. Uh, Brandon Aguilera is in League One, despite looking really bright. Um, maybe a four because we got rid of some Deadwood. There you go, JJ. Yeah, I think four's about right. Actually, on reflection, <laughs> it's not. Great, he wanted to argue. He wanted to. Everyone. I did want to to just counter your opinion, but it's not great. Gio Reyna might not work out. Hopefully, it does. Matt Sells might not work out. Hopefully it does. And Ribeiro, I just can't see where he fits. So I think when you're in desperate need of, and I know it comes with a caveat of we needed to be sensible and not go crazy. I think there's a way of doing that and possibly getting the same amount of people in whilst adding more quality is probably the better way of saying it. So 
Yeah. It could Uninspiring. be the we needed. It could be the one we needed where we, we there's no yeah. disruption and everybody settles in and that's fine and that's great. And I think that'd be, you know, more more power to us. But I just guess we'll see. I, in a few weeks we'll have hindsight, we'll be able to tell, but it's looking a bit bleak out there. Uh, when you look at the table, you look at our upcoming fixtures and you look at the possibility of a points deduction. So possibly a bit more quality might have steered us in the right direction, but it, it, it is what it is, as they say in the industry. So fingers crossed. It that is what it is, Natalie. It's, uh, that's an impression of Billy Davis, by the way, not someone from the Everybody Russian mafia. Knew, mate. Come on. It's Russian, uh, which isn't there, Belgium. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed. Speaking of things looking bleak, Jacob, the next game we've got is against yes, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, who are unbeaten against us in the last... Uh, I'm looking at the start, looking at the start. Where is the start, JJ? Uh, We're prepared on this podcast. It's a shambles. Seven game, in the last seven games against Forest, Bournemouth have won five, drawn two. Christ. Uh, uh, we have won, won just one of our last nine away league games against Bournemouth. A 2-1 victory 10 years ago. Wow. When At what point do you pull out the least possession fact? Uh, oh, that game with Henry Lansbury? Yeah, go on. We had the least percent possession in the championship for a win. It was it, I, I, I don't know if it's still a record, but it was at the time under Dougie Friedman. Also, I was a. I think that was the game when I decided not to renew my season ticket that season. Yeah, probably wise. <laughs> yeah, Bournemouth. Is there a, is there a team you want to face less right now than Bournemouth? Well, they play well, don't they? They play. They're, they're a very different, almost almost a throwback brand of football. Um, very put it into the corners and chase it down, and they they hunt like a pack. Um, it's taken a, it's taken a bit of time for Iriola's methodologists and tactics to, to sink in but it now it's in yeah. they're, 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 they're playing really well um, I thought he was a bit of a blip recently yeah, if you can call it that Spurs Liverpool, two losses to Liverpool and Spurs and a draw against West Ham I think is fair enough mm-hmm. um, their last five games for those that are listening are draw against West Ham loss v Liverpool loss v Spurs a win against Fulham and a win against Forest. Why we only played them five games ago? Why are we playing them again? Yes, yes, and we play Newcastle as well, and we played them Boxing Day. Um, so it's a oh. bit weird. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought their manager was as good as done at Starks. It felt like it just wasn't working, um, but they're, they're playing some good stuff. They're winning games. They're winning a lot of games, and Solanke looks very good. Unfortunately, uh, teams like Forest make him look better. Uh, for him to bang free and but I just feel like they're a team that I just don't want to play at the minute they're a form team I think Bournemouth as a club are inconsequential to the grand scheme of things um, so fair play to them for doing as well as they have done in recent years uh, a bit Brentford-esque I guess in that respect but yeah just a really important game we need a win we need to get some points from somewhere and I'll be honest with you, not too sure I can see it coming against Bournemouth. I think it'll be a very... I think with the way we play and the way they play, I think it'll be uh, an interesting game. I think we'll be under the cosh a lot of the game, but I think we, if we can play as close to our strongest team as possible, I think we'll be very well, 
very strong counter-attacking options and, and possibilities and chances and things like that. So oh, I'm going to say to all, JJ. What are you going to say? I, I'm hoping we get something from it. I think at the minute, draws aren't enough, but draws are better than a loss. So I'm going to go for 1-1. One, one. Um, I think it's going to be difficult. Debuts for Reina and Sells, you'd imagine, or you'd hope. If that team sheet gets announced and Turner's in net, then I will have a meltdown. Um, Newsflash, you'll be having a meltdown anyway, folks. I will be having a meltdown anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, just can't be bothered, Jacob. I really can't. I think this might be the game where we see a change of formation. I think we, I think the way they play with the, how much they get it out to the wide places, I think we could see a, a back five wing-backs and wide centre-backs. Well, Felipe is back. A uh, nice bit of experience sandwiched between two young. I, I, I think that's worth shouting out, Judy. I think I think Omar Medelli and Murillo is a really burgeoning partnership. Yeah. I, think, yeah, I don't I think, think they've done, done much wrong. No. Mar- Murillo no. is as close to a 10 out of 10 versus Arsenal as you could probably get as well. Made more saves than Matt Turner did. Uh, blocked everything. Had a great game. Omar Medelli's really impressing me when you're... For those that don't watch him, just watch his, the way he commands the back line. For someone so young, he definitely feels a bit captain material to me. He play, um, he, he plays like a young Vincent Company. Com- company was very he tried when the ball comes into the striker, he tries to get almost comes in at the angle and gets his foot in, kind of gets it away. It's, it's very, very similar to how company used to play when he was younger. I thought they were great against Arsenal and after yeah, I bet they were fuming at Matt Turner at the end of it. Um, all that hard work, great performance, and they came away with nothing. Uh, so, yeah, it is worth shouting out. They look like a really exciting partnership. If we can keep Murillo for as long as we can, maybe get another season out of him, then note that too will look very, very good. But, uh, yeah. A, a bit of experience in between them wouldn't hurt if we did go for a back five, be that Felipe, Neocarte, Bolly. Um, are they back yet? Are they, are they playing tomorrow? Uh, we're sure. recording this Friday night. I think they're playing tomorrow, Ivory Coast. Yeah. Uh, Ivory Coast are playing against Mali. Five o'clock tomorrow. And me. <laughs> Sad film that. Anyway. <laughs> How close to Belgium is that? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not very close. Uh, Jacob, it looks bleak at the minute. Luton are close to us with a game in hand after just thrashing Brighton 4-0. The return of the AFCON players, do you think will be okay? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think Luton just, just hitting a purple patch. Every team does it. I think ours is to come. I just... <laughs> every team yeah. does it, hopefully. Every, every every team. Every team. Every team has always hit a purple patch. It doesn't. I'm not saying how long that purple patch has lasted. There's only one team that's never had a purple patch, JJ. Who's that? Derby County with 11 points. Zing! Yeah, I thought as much. I thought as much. Lots of avoidable goals that season. (laughs) Yes. So you're going for 2-2, a Desmond, I'm going for 1-1. For a Tyro. For a Tyro, a 1-1. This has not been our best episode, I'll be honest with you. This This is a calamity. (laughs) <laughs> On that note, Jacob, I think maybe we'll put them out of their misery and uh, let them go. 
Yeah. Remember, if you have any geography questions in the chat, if you want to guess which uh, Max and Paddy quote I made JJ Howe laughter at, and uh, don't worry about um, Ruby. She's fine. JJ would not let Nuno Tavares anywhere near her. If you're listening for the first time, thank you very much for finding us. And if you've come back again and again and again and again and again and again and again, God knows we love you. Yes.